You're listening to the BU Hockey Show on WTBU Sports. Welcome to episode 14 of Boston University Hockey Show, the Sean Driscoll episode, the Madison Michaels episode, huh? formerly the Christina Schuler and the Bobo Carpenter episode. Yeah, one of those you got to look for the former, for sure. Yeah. Carpenter and Schuler. Well, those for, are good players. For, those are fan favorite players for me, at least. Fan favorite players? Yeah. Bobo was awesome. Ever, I don't remember you being too high on Schuler at the end. Oh, I love Schuler. Yeah? Yeah, the two-way game, winning face-offs like nothing, defensive Center, like, yeah, I like the way she Real offensive explosion with yeah. Ilya and D'Souza on her line, too. That's true. So she had that going for Bobo. I mean, talk about offensive. Like, that guy was just a walking bucket. Yeah. Just scored at will. I miss that guy. What's he doing now? He's still in the AHL? I, I believe he's he still in the He got married. Congratulations, Bobo. Yes, he got married. He had a lovely honeymoon on his Instagram. Looked like a grand old time. Robert Carpenter. Robert? On, on Elite Prospects. Robert Bobo Carpenter. Son of Bobby Carpenter. Carpenter. Okay. Yes. So he's a junior? Yes. Bobo Carpenter the second. Um, he is in the ECHL at the moment. Uh, okay. Between the, he's between the Milwaukee Admirals, which is Nashville's affiliate in the AHL, and the Florida Everblades. Um, Got to start in four, somewhere. In 14 games with the Everblades, he has six goals, seven assists, 13 points. Bang. So we're moving on up in the world. In the, <laughs> in the AHL. Yeah. Last year, seven points, four goals in 19 games. Mm-hmm. The year before, 12 points, 4 goals in 28 games. Probably playing low lines with those teams, Probably though. playing like, low yeah, lines. Yeah. So, there you go. Good for Bobo. Good for BU Hockey, kind of. Not, not, not really a good week, actually. In, in some senses. It was so good until it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, for the men's team. For the team, men's, yeah. Specifically Friday. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start there. Very quickly. Oh. On Bobby Carpenter, Bobo's dad. Sure. Uh, St. John's prep legend. Really? Um, Enemy of Malden Catholic, where I went, but got a Peabody Mass native too, I believe. Um, yes, okay, Peabody wow. Mass went to school with a very good family friend's uncle. Um, wow! So like my dad's best friend from high school, his mm-hmm. brother was in the same Wait class. At, at I gotta Saint get a, gotta get a piece of paper out to write this tree. So here. so my dad's friend, yeah, his brother, okay, who was also like just a friend, and his dogs. No, he went. He was in the same <laughs> class at the prep with Bobby Carpenter. Okay. So they kind of go back a little bit. There but you go. It's connections. Hockey cool. World North Reading native Bobo. Can we talk hockey, please? Yes. On the, other than family trees and connections, and we everybody chron- on the North Shore has a relation to everybody else on the North Shore. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's it's more centralized in like Marblehead. That's like where everybody's yeah. literally related no, to I'll, each other. Um, I'll stick to my Southern Mass, not the South Shore. Don't call Fox for the South Shore. Okay. But men's hockey. Oh, we're not going chronologically? Uh, that's like uh, burying the lead if you don't lead with BUBC, right? That's fair right? enough. BUBC, Kinda. Yeah, the throwback jerseys were incredible. Well, yeah, let's, I mean, there's like two parts here. There's everything leading up there's to everything that, 7.35 p.m. No, there's everything leading everything up after. to about like 9 o'clock. Well, yeah, that, for, in terms of things going well to things Everything going was so perfect until like 9 o'clock but on Friday night. In terms of storylines, like, yeah, we could have... A whole show almost on just the buildup for this game. Yeah, I mean, well, last week I was like, Drew Camesso throwback pads. Yes. That BC, was just Tuesday, though, right? So, yeah, Monday, B- Tuesday. BC yeah. has throwback jerseys that are kind of permanently their jerseys which now. Which they wore. Um, which they wore. BU had originally throwback jerseys. Ended no. up designing some new ones, and I said 2 plus 2 was 4. Minus four, 1, that's 3 four, quick maths. 4 was the answer there. Yeah. Um, it was just... I don't know. It was pretty obvious that they were going to do something, whether it was the throwbacks they currently have or what they ended up coming up with were throwbacks inspired by the first season, which were incredible. Yeah. 
Really incredible. awesome. I don't know how they really did it because there are only so many photos available from then, and they're certainly not like color photos. So I mean, there was definitely, I don't imagine the school colors have changed very much. Yes, but there was definitely some imagination to it, and whatever creative concept. A little inspiration from Dallas's Winter Classic with yes, the gloves and the pants. Exactly, the pads a little bit too. Like, yeah, they nailed it. I think it was really awesome. Um, they did a great job with the jerseys. They did a great job with the hype video for the jerseys. They did a great job with the hype videos in the arena. Um, the throwback sort of night with the yes. Jack Kelly honors yep. and the 71-72 championship teams. All those videos written and narrated by Bernie Corbett himself, if you Shout noticed. Out. He was a big part of all that. Um, yeah, it was great. Really well done. Thoroughly all around. enjoyed it. All around. It was like a it was a really good way to honor. BC didn't do that much. Like They didn't have a 100th jersey special. Maybe they will when they play in February Maybe. at Conti You Forum. hope so. Hope, hope so. so. Well, the question is now, what is BU going to do with those jerseys? Do they wear them again? Do you want to see them again? I think if they had won, we probably would have seen them again. Really? But you get... you get, I don't know. You get the technical tie and the shootout loss. Feels like a loss. I yeah. think they're gone forever. I think so, too. Which is like, at the same time, you, you get it because they're so unique. Right. And they're, they're so, so out there. They're so, like, so tailor-made for that specific occasion right? that it's almost hard to bring him back again, especially yeah. with the loss. But then at the same time, they're so awesome that you just want to see him all the time. Uh, but then again, it's probably like the Bruins' third jerseys where you wear him so much. They're the first jersey, and everyone really hates it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they are so out there that they would be a little bit of like, if you wore them again, and people would wonder what the occasion was. Because they're, they're jerseys for an occasion. I don't even know if it works for the Beanpot. Like, BUBC I, could meet in the Beanpot final. You're telling me that's yes, not an occasion okay, for that jersey? Possibly. Um, but now it doesn't like have good history to it because you that, lost. Well, yeah, that's the, only, that's the only occasion you could really see it being worthwhile. For. I was thinking, like, there's nothing really on the schedule aside from maybe a potential BUBC Beanpot final, sure. Yeah, there's, the but BC you play comes B again in February. Yeah, but it's not the same. You've already done it. Yeah. If there was, like, a frozen Fenway on the schedule, sure, oh wear it then. Can you imagine those jerseys <sighs> at Fenway? I mean, they've had awesome jerseys at Fenway in the past, in the ancient history at this that point. That would be amazing. But that's not happening. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to wear it when you go to Maine? Or when Maine comes here, like no, no. I, I don't know. Yeah, I th there's I no think really other than the, the final, the Bean Pot final. There's really there were about four thousand BU athletics photographers at the game. Oh my god! The student photogs were on fire as well, yourself included. So there's plenty of ways to continue the memory of that without them necessarily wearing it again. Correct. That's how I feel about that. I agree. How about the the game? Well, oh, oh quickly, wait, one more thing on the but jersey. Wait, there's more. What are we? Ten minutes it, in. It further just. Brings the call back to bring back the the throwback jerseys they've had for the last like ten years, the white and the red ones. Say Boston University well, yeah. cross. I guess the ones they wore yeah. at Frozen Fen Fenway the last time it happened, which weren't their specific Frozen Fenway jerseys. They were just awesome throwbacks yeah. that Dave Quinn loved to wear in big games. Right. Well, it's example number one million of hey fans like fans pay attention and fans enjoy when you wear unusual jerseys. Yeah, it's like so. Like, break out different ones more often. I Like, my first question to myself when they rolled out the, the jersey promo was, where can I buy one, and how can I be buried in it? it like, I guess it would make more sense had they won. Mm -hmm. So it kind of loses that luster. But I would still 100% buy one. Make some money off it. I mean, Anyways. The fact, like, if they had had those at the top of the stairs there at Aganis, I would, right where that I would spend thing an unfathomable, is, unfathomable so many people amount would. of money. They could have sold them by the box, like cardboard boxes full of those jerseys. Wholesale. Wholesale. It's like going to Costco. Basically, yeah. 
They could have done that. Buy them in bulk for the whole family. I'm sure there's reasons they could have done that. Maybe, you know. Production. Yeah, exactly. Like, because it's such a unique thing. But, man, that would have been an absolute cash cow. Yeah. So, the hockey. The final final game of the first semester. Competitively. Everything was going well until it wasn't. Yeah. It was exactly what you wanted. You come out in the first. You go up early. one nothing. Crowds rocking. Place is nuts. Dom Fensori. Rebound yep. goal. Nice Dom Fensori. Over uh, Dop. Eric Dop. What a name. Um, <laughs> Daisy do a dollop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then you double, you almost double the lead in the second. Boucher hit the crossbar. Um, pretty obvious didn't went in. They review it. Didn't go in. Um, and then Kaufman doubles your lead. Again, he's on fire. Um, and then the third period... You, you kind of mm-hmm. come out flat. You can't get out of your own zone. And BC scores three unanswered, two of which were just spectacular goals. The first one, um, I believe, is Patrick Giles through the legs pass to Mark McLaughlin. No look through yep, the legs. That was nice. One time's at home. Second goal in Takeda Nestorenko. Kind of a fluke, but then again, he just like w- went right around Alex Flasic. Easy chance. Yeah. And it was like pretty much slow motion, too. It wasn't was it Flasic? Are you sure? Yeah. It was, okay. It wasn't like slow motion either. It was like, or no, I shouldn't say. It wasn't like fast break either. Like, this was on the four check. Puck comes out, and it's a pretty slow-moving play. Nestoranko just dances around, gets a shot on, trickles through Comesso off McCarthy twice and in. Yeah. So, like, nothing you can really do about that, but at the same time, like... Right. That's the one that hurt. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, the the first one going to McLaughlin, their best goal scorer this season, between the legs pass from... Uh, St. Ivany, was it, between the legs? Or that must Kuntar? have been St. Ivany. It might I have been said, Trevor Kuntar, actually. He was the primary assist, so yeah. Oh, uh, Kuntar. That makes sense, too. He's um, I don't obviously know, I, a great I player. Patrick Giles, but... Well, Giles then You think had, of Giles and McLaughlin synonymously. Yes, yeah, so there was um, a great first goal. Giles had the third goal. Which was BC amazing. Up 3-2. Awesome tic-tac goal. So, like, nothing you can do about those two if you're, like, Camesso or even the defense to an extent, I guess. It was just that second one. It's like, man... That was the backbreaker. That's where you kind of realize things are not going all BU tonight. And, and you know, it's 3-2 and kind of reverted back to the same things we saw earlier in the season that we pointed to why are they failing and Mm -hmm. it's I like it was Albie said it after the game they were rattled it was clear like they were just completely shell-shocked at what had what just happened understandably yes and he spent the time out in the uh, second yeah you didn't have a timeout you can't slow it down yeah um just had to watch it happen kind of yeah and so that's what it felt like early in that third period kind of just shakiness getting out of your own zone on the breakout um, and then you, in the offensive zone, it's back to what we talked about last week, finding the per- trying to find the perfect play, whether it's trying mm-hmm. to send a cross-ice pass to Cade Weber at the point, who was not expecting it. Um, yeah. Like, when you had opportunities to shoot, trying to make the extra cross-crease pass or tic-tac goal, tic-tac-toe goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way that they ended up tying it was exactly what you probably were looking for, where it's just Ty Monty puts the... The wheels on just goes the length of the ice pretty much. Fires one in front to see what happens, and Max Kaufman is there to chip it in the top corner. Yeah, it's like oh, there's simple like simple play gets you the tying goal. Yep. I wish we saw more of that late in that game. It's, right. it's, it's really simple too. It's a hard net drive, pass to the stick looking for a redirect. Yeah, kind of a shot pass type of deal. Although it wasn't like Monty didn't wind up and like fire at the blade, but you know what I mean. Yep. Um, so it's it shows like with this team like the simplicity is what works and. Yeah. You go down 3-2, you're rattled, and nothing's going for you. Right. Third, uh, the uh, overtime. That was getting your money's worth, though. Oh, yeah. That that had, like... That's exactly what 3-on-3 <laughs> is built for. 
that I mean, from an entertainment value standpoint, yes. I think Jerry York probably aged a couple more years. Oh, I mean, that. He, he, he officially <laughs> joined the Greg Carville club of wanting five on five well, overtime. I guess that's true. Yeah, that we heard that yeah, after he the game. He admitted to us after the game. But everybody else, the other 6,000 plus people in the building, thoroughly enjoyed that overtime. It yeah. was just endless back and forth. Like, I started a video because, like, you had good possession or something. And I started on my phone just to, like, see what happens. And then I was literally recording for three minutes straight because it was just back and forth, nonstop action. Yep. It's like what it should be. It was what awesome. It's all about. Somehow, you didn't score. I yeah, Fensori with a great chance. Two, Cockrell, two. Cockrell coming around the net, feeds Fensori for that forehand one-timer. He can't elevate it. Those are hard to elevate, especially with a hard pass. Yep. Um, good pad save by Dopp. I yeah. can't recall the second one. It was sort it was of it really was, late. It was sort of similar. Yeah, he kind of walks down Just that, that far side again. Yeah, and then Matt Brown a breakaway gets saved the first out of one, gas. Yeah. and then out of gas the second one yep. easily poke checked away. Yeah, there were chances there and though. And then, oh man, the part that like really kills you though is like with three seconds left, Ty Monty gets like easily tripped. Yep, and then <laughs> doesn't the, matter. And then the puck keeps going down, and I think it was um, Saint Ivany tripped Amonti, and then I can't remember Might who have been else. Hellison or someone back Some, there. Someone else for. For BC, just water skiing yeah. on Max Kaufman, and he can't get a shot off. Oh. And it doesn't matter because you can't <laughs> award a penalty shot. The only thing that means is those uh, Saint. Yeah. I, I don't think they ever called a penalty on the guy on Kaufman's play. No. but Saint Ivan, he just couldn't go in the shootout, which he's not going to go anyway. Right. And then I was, defenseman. I was thinking about after those two things happened too, where they just kind of like boxed out around the puck, but they didn't actually touch it. So there were no whistles. There was no offensive zone faceoff for BU with the penalties. It's just like the, the I mean, time ended, expired. So yeah, nothing you can do. That was kind of, yeah, that was weird. And so was going an entire shootout, five rounds without a goal. Yep, until, or, yeah. Dopp and Camesso were locked four in. Four rounds. Four rounds, yeah, and then VC scored. scored in the top of the fifth. Yep. Matt Brown hit the post. Ugh. Hit the post. And that was a sour one. Hit the post. Because, like, how quickly things could change. You get a shootout win, like, the whole night just feels like it was completed on a high, but then you end up leaving there, shootout loss, feel like it was right there for you. And you couldn't close it out. And that was that's the sour part. That's the I don't know if they should wear those jerseys again. And the sour part Bad is juju. like that it's it's how you end that game on a shootout. Well, yeah, like that's a that's a playoff style game. It feels like both teams deserve to win. Yeah. And it comes. It's like soccer where it's just PKs decide the the biggest yeah. matches. And it wasn't the magnitude of like a playoff game being decided by PKs like the MLS no, Cup but, by the way this past weekend. Yes. It went to PKs. Surprise, yep. surprise. And New York City FC? Yes, I saw. Not a soccer one, podcast. One, one they won it. They were like the fifth seed out of the East or something. Yeah. And they won most of their playoff, I think, two. It's just three not. Three the playoff games on PKs? I mean, I, I like shootouts, but at the same no. time, like, nope. When it, <laughs> it's easy to say this when it goes against us like this. Yeah. Um, Revs. Not a soccer podcast. But it's just, it's a terrible way to decide games or decide big games like that. Yeah, but so is a tie. I mean, we spent our first two years here complaining about ties. And like, oh, nothing really happens in overtime. Yeah, it's so, all just so like it's it's like, what do I want here? I prefer to end it that. I'd prefer to have a winner than a tie. Yeah, I so. want a result. And you're not going to play playoff rules in December, so shootouts. I don't know. I think it's there's no perfect option, and shootouts the closest thing. But it it did feel wrong with how good that game was. Yeah. So there's that, and then somehow you're supposed to go home, come back the next afternoon, and play again. In an exhibition against 16, 7-year-olds? 17-year-olds? Why? 
how does that happen? I, I mean, Ali wasn't happy with it. Like, I think he thought that they would have the Sunday game well, that yeah, Merrimack cause, had. Because they were double booked or something. Yeah. Like, it was kind of weird how that worked I th- out. I don't know what ended up happening, but on the TV schedule, the USA 18s were uh, scheduled to play BU and Merrimack at the same time on Saturday. So somebody messed up there. Yeah. And so I think what ended up happening was they're like, all right, you'll just pay, play BU on Saturday and you'll play Merrimack on Sunday. Which is eh. just a horrible spot for BU because the U18s had won 11 in a row. Obviously, a very skilled team, a lot of loaded with D1 commits. Kids who are like four players who aren't offered are going to get offers. Um, yep. And, you know, you get BU after a super emotional night, a loss. Um, guys left it all on the line. And Albie's said multiple times, you know, guys are playing with the flu. Like, maybe that's why Alex Lasik just couldn't really do anything when Nestranko dances around mm-hmm. him. Maybe. He didn't end up playing. He didn't, he didn't play. Yeah. Hey, you know um, the worst thing about all this? Merrimack didn't play on Friday. Merrimack didn't play on Friday. How does that make any sense? Rank availability? Guess, was Merrimack originally scheduled to play UConn? Is that one of the games that got canceled? Oh, yes. Okay. So so they were available. They're twiddling the thumbs. So I don't, I don't like, know for sure. Yeah, so it, it's... Rink availability, all that. Who who knows? But regardless, Lawler it's a bad Arena. Spot. Yeah, just a bad spot for BU. Come out flat, pretty sloppy all the way through. You lose as as much as it's a exhibition game against kids. It's it's kind of a scheduled loss. Yeah. Well, so Saturday here, uh, the Merrimack women's team hosted an exhibition against Long Island, so uh, they couldn't double book Lawler Rink. They have though. Wow. They have in the fourth. <laughs> He's really worked up about this. They have before, though, because when the BU women played Merrimack last Friday afternoon, Merrimack men had a game there that night. Interesting. If I'm remembering. Okay, well. Caveat is if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, it was, I guess, another, it's another excuse we can point to, and so is being undermanned, and so is, like, obviously giving guys different opportunities and, you know, mixing up the lines, Sean Driscoll and John Copeland being forwards for the day. So, yep. <laughs> like, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. But it's still a loss. And, still uh, leaves a sour taste in the mouth. You know, all that. definitely a sour taste. I mean, they put up a fight, right? They they were right there. They scored the first goal. Uh, Ty Gallagher, who had an awesome weekend, at least in terms of production. Um, then two goals for the U.S. Then Master Simone in the third period. But then two more for the U18s. And then Matt Brown in the third uh, towards the end just to give you a little bit of life. But that was kind of it. So, on the Merrimack thing with the scheduling. Oh. They, the UConn series was what was supposed to happen the night of um, that afternoon where the BU women won at Merrimack. So that was last week. Okay. So I guess two weeks ago now. Huh. We're now until next week. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, they weren't scheduled at all for Friday the 10th. Wow. Like BU. Huh. Yeah, weird spot. Very weird, weird game, spot. unfortunate. Less than 2,000 people there, so just about a, as different in a game as you can get from the night before, not even which 24 hours sellout. before. Yeah, sellout, which Complete was awesome sellout. for COVID and all that, like to get that many people in the building. Like we said, like probably one of our, the, the best attended, maybe the best attended games. I think it's the best attended game I've ever been to at Aganis yeah. since I've been a student here. Right. So it was awesome. Very different on Saturday, but the result somewhat similar. Just uh, didn't quite... Couldn't quite close it out. And you go in, two losses, no, one technically a tie, but a, a winless weekend to close out the first semester. You asked Coach O'Connell about his uh, his his thoughts of the semester as a whole. What did what did he say? His response. Um, 
I don't recall. Really? Oh, that's, well, that's, I was I was kind of standing in the back of the room. I think it was like, like a lot know, of injury-related. We like, he gets very defensive. <laughs> oh. um, like a lot of injury-related stuff. Like by and large, was like, you know, we played well, just, you know, injuries hurt us and kind of cliches like that. I don't put a whole lot of stock into Which it. Which is true. Maybe you'd like to hear him say, like, yeah, well, we got to be better next semester, sure. Like, yeah, I guess that's kind of understood. Like, me and you <laughs> talked about this off-air. Like, it's all well and good that they played well, but the the results are what's talking here. Well, we said that on this show throughout the semester. Like, yeah, you had a pretty strong month starting more than a month ago now against UMass. But has it turned to results? Not all that often. You hope that changes going forward. Yep. But they've got a break here. They'll play Brown on December 31st. New Year's Eve action, me and Auditorium, be there. And then uh, you jump back in. Four home games in five games. Six home games in eight games, actually. So, a lot of home games to start the second semester. Hope to get some momentum there. Uh, but right now, actually, Drew Comesso head to World Juniors. Yep. With some awesome pads again. I haven't Him seen the Bauer. pads. You had it? I haven't seen oh, the pads. Oh, they look good. They look real good. Where are and the I pads? hope he looks good. Someone tweeted him, uh, spitting chiclets did of the Barstool Network. Go take a look-see over there. Yeah, it's cool. Like It's kind of what BC fans had with Spencer Knight, where it's like, there's our guy being the go-to goalie of World Juniors. Now, we kind of got that with Drew Comesso. Like, I feel like he's the dude. He's going to be their backbone, you'd imagine. Yeah. I don't think this roster is oh, as man, good as Oh, man, those are nice pads. I know. He's on fire. Him and wow. Bauer, lockstep. And his pads when he played for the development program are awesome, too. Yeah. Just what you can expect out of Drew Camesso. Right. And I hope we can expect good things from him because I think he's going to be needed. I didn't think that roster was that good compared to previous years, especially no. compared to last year that won it all. I think uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him. I agree. Hope he does it. Keeps the momentum. Because he played well against PC. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Okay. Women's hockey? Women's hockey. Take it away. A midweek game. Talk about a weird spot. Against Yale. Yale. Down in New Haven. Talk, yeah, talk about a weird spot. It's kind of like Merrimack, get, Merrimack men getting UMass on this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Just like, what's what's going on here? Um, but yeah, out of non-conference, midweek game to close out the semester. Against a good team. Yale's against good. a good team. Yale is like really good this year, which we did not expect. Um or I, had, I didn't expect. Um, I believe seventh in the country. Wow. In the polls. Yeah, I think um, so, yeah. And so, you know, you go down. Um, you're playing from behind the entire night. I believe the final was 4-2. 3-2. Um, 3-2. Yeah, you're right there. 3-2. Right? I, I tacked on an empty netter. That didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, McKenna Parker scores. Emma Wathridge scores. Um, the goals by Yale were pretty good. Yep. Um, Two assists for Korea, by the way. Yep. So, basically, the people who have been hot for you lately have stayed hot. But I think it's just the case of you ran into a better team. Yeah. I mean, at, at a weird spot at the end of a semester, um, yeah, just didn't, didn't couldn't keep up exactly, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and, and uh, Mar- like Yale had some pretty crazy performance, individual performances too, like Rebecca Vanstone, two goals, um, Anna Bergman, a goal and an assist. Um, I, Ellie Hartier, Hart- Hartier? I, yeah, I, I saw right. the one. Two I'm assists, not even going like, to try. Like, what are you going to do against, you know, individual, like kind of like for you though, you had individual step up, but yeah, obviously a, a, a much deeper team 
playing from behind, playing in your own end for the most of the, most of the game. Yeah, only 19 shots for BU yeah. compared to 31 for Yale. So, yeah, didn't feel great about it, but you can't complain too much about the semester as a whole. 9-6-3, and three, probably better than we had thought, especially with wins over Boston College, Northeastern, yes. Providence. Like, they've beaten the big teams, which makes you optimistic going forward. Yes, they've been really good in conference. Yeah. 633 winning percentage in conference as opposed to 583 overall. Yeah, let's look at those conference but it, standings. But again, it goes to the um, home away splits. You're 5-1-2 at home, 4-5-1 on the road. Huh, wow. All right. Conference standings, BU second for the women. Uh, they're trailing Northeastern, but have played one game more than them. It's an eight-point gap with the Huskies comfortably on top, as always. UConn's in third, 25 points. BC is in fourth with 21. Then it's a... Vermont, Providence, Maine, New Hampshire, Merrimack, Holy Cross. But good to see the Terriers right back among the top. As for the men's team, they find themselves in sixth, so uh, certainly right in the middle. Still only eight points behind the leaders, UMass Lowell. More on them in a minute. Um, But UMass, 24 points. Northeastern, 23. Providence, 19. BC, 19. BU, with 13 games played, still the most in the conference, 17 points. And then all those other teams, aside from BC, who's only played 10. Everybody else has played 11. Oh, Merrimack and Vermont have only played 10, too. Basically, BU is ahead of everybody, Yep. but not in terms of points. Which is what We shall matters. see. Oh, while we're on women's hockey, Jesse Comfer. Yes. Yes. Likely to be Olympian Jesse Comfer. USA Hockey hasn't announced the official women's roster yet, but they snuck. I don't know if they've officially announced the roster cuts either, but um, they updated the roster on the website. Sneaky cut in some roster cuts there to trim it down to very much an Olympic-sized roster. Yeah. And Jesse Comfer's on the team. Coincidentally, looks like it's... Uh, 20 skaters, three yes. goalies. Oh, it looks exactly like a roster, and oh she's still there. Crazy. Olympic-sized roster. Yeah. We're kind of coming down to the wire here to announce a team. She's going to be a third or fourth liner by far, though, right? Like that, yeah, that's, that's what she's been on the national team so that's far. What I mean, yeah. Which is fine. She can play that game. Same way, I guess, Sammy Davis can. We just talked about that with the Boston Pride last week. Obviously, Comper now doing it on a higher level with the flipping Olympic team, it looks like. But, yeah, good for her. Like that, That's awesome, especially one year removed from college hockey. Not many players do that. I don't think, right? What's the precedent? Like I don't know well enough. Alex Carpenter, for one. Um, Kendall Coyne, Schofield. Sure. Um, yeah, like the like, best of the like best. The best of the best with honors. Like So, there you go. Good, Good group to be in. Yeah. Nice. I think very much where Comfort can play pretty much any style you want. Skill, power, defense, like can do it all pretty much. Yep. Um, Very much in a spot to be able to contribute as a third and fourth line and sort of play that long game and wait for the chance to play up in the lineup and develop so she is able to merit playing up in the lineup herself. So Yeah. Hey, here's going to be a segue. That is really, you're going to have to stick with me on this one here. Okay. Talking about Olympics and then talking about NHL. And will they go to the Olympics? Well, maybe not because of COVID. Now taking COVID and going back to college hockey. Are we worried about COVID over this semester break? Because players are getting to go home for the holidays. It's all well and good. I think you have to be. They got to come back and then what? I think you have to be worried. Yeah. The NHL is getting ravaged by it right now. The NFL is. That was my short way, or long, UConn, very long way, actually, of getting to that a little bit. UConn is... COVID in the sports world. It's, it's, it's obviously affecting UConn. We don't have our hands as much on other conferences as we do in Hockey East. But you have to imagine it's impacting other teams. Mm-hmm. And 
So you factor in the travel, people going home, coming back, seeing all sorts of people, probably going out. Like, yeah, you have to be worried about it. And you, you wonder, A, with the NHL, with rescheduling games and stuff, does it, do we get to that point in Hockey East where we're back to the Tuesday 3 p.m. schedule releases? Eek. I don't foresee that. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to that point. Right. It could happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't know if we'll get there. But, I mean, the the whether it's the new variant, like, it's, it's all inherently contagious and easily Correct. transmissible. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's scary. Like, this is uh, definitely a concern across the sports world, and so you have to acknowledge it in college sports and college hockey. I guess the one thing maybe the BU teams specifically have going for them is that their first few games back are all non-conference. Like, the men's team plays Brown on the 31st, Arizona State on the 7th and 8th. Women's team plays the Battle of the Bergs, Syracuse, Penn State, St. Cloud, and a tournament there at New Year's and then jumps right into conference. But I guess it's nice that getting back together as a team, you only have non-conference games. So if you absolutely had to cancel them, you could, and you wouldn't feel too bad about it, like conference games. I think it's easier to cancel non-conference, I would imagine. But I hope they don't have to do it. Just something to look out for, and we'll find out in the coming weeks. Hopefully, all good news. Yep. Be positive. Test negative. I think that's a good one to end on. Yeah? I mean, uh, was there any other storylines? Oh, I said UMass Lowell. Norm Bazin, five-year contract. Really? You did not see that? I did not. Yeah, five-year contract extension. Merry Christmas, Norm. Happy Christmas, Norm. (laughs) Yeah, he's locked in. I think that's... a great move. Yeah, I mean, I mean... I'm not the biggest Norm Bazin guy, like, as a human. I just haven't loved talking to him, you know, as a reporter. I feel like some people have said similar things, but as far as hockey coaching goes, like, Carvel and him feel like they're two guys you can build a program around and feel good about them. Obviously, Jerry Ork's there, too. Jim Madigan did a great job. Now it's Jerry Keefe's pretty seamlessly transitioning there. Even, like, the Mike Sousa's, Mike Kavanaugh's, like, they're doing decent jobs with smaller programs in UConn, UNH, but, I mean... Norm with what he's done with UMass Lowell year after year. Doing a lot with kind of a little. Oh, obviously. A, yeah. a, a ton with a little. Yeah. Impressive. So, good I mean, the only thing him. they don't really have is a goalie, and even then they're playing up to snuff. Yeah, and Savory's been good this year. He was yeah. bad last year. He's good this year. So, yeah. Crazy. Good for Lowell. Good for Norm. We took your best player, and you're even better. <laughs> <laughs> and we're even worse. <laughs> Can we give him back? No, no. Matt Brown's going to turn it around. Uh, this is a subject for another day, but maybe they bring in players at the the break here. Yeah, we talked about, we talked about we that. We asked Albie a little bit I want to save that for maybe next week's episode. Maybe we do like yeah. a little Christmas. Mail like bag. A, maybe the mailbag. Maybe the, like, hey, Christmas gifts for the BU teams. If you were to bring in a midseason transfer, what kind of player are you looking for? Can I take a player from another team? <laughs> a specific, yeah. Can you go pinpoint a guy? I don't know if that's legal. No, it is not. <laughs> we'll see. More, Bring me Aiden McDonough. <laughs> more to come. Also, uh, extending the boundaries of the BU Hockey Show. Recently announced, over the course of this program, BU Field Hockey announced that Sally Starr is back for season 42. And and Ashley Waters. She's back too. Not a softball. An, an, ex- an extension for softball. Yes, they're making a lot of, a lot of deals. Major League Dynasty. Lots of business. It's business season. It's like business people are booming. signing contracts. Left and right. But Talk yeah. about a Christmas bonus. Sally Starr looking for that 500th career win, and now she'll have a chance to get it if she's back next season, which looks like she is. I think that's everything. The there we go. I, I mean, think this that's is literally really everything. We have an exam to get to. Everything in the world cram of sports. a little bit more for. Ah, not worried. Final season, it's going swimmingly. 
think next episode we're going to be back on the on Zoom, though. Yeah, unfortunately. Jeez. Oh, so enjoy our luscious voices for the final 15 seconds we have here. Well, Because you won't get it again until next semester. In any event, Brady's on Twitter, at Brady D. Gardner. Yeah. I'm on Twitter, at PatDon12. WTB Sports is on Twitter, at WTB Sports. Find everything on the site at sites.bu.edu slash WTBU slash sports. See you next week, folks. We will see you next week.